Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, thank you guys for all checking into a day with her. Um, this is going to be my little personal accountability podcast, my little, I guess, audio journal. Um, just pretty much of me going through different thoughts um, and at least trying to stay committed enough to fully process um, my thinking. And I'm in a period of like learning and relearning and um, just broadening my horizons. Um, And I found that there are not too many people in my life who I can genuinely have these conversations with, um, at least not out loud. (laughs) And so I thought, hey, I'll just ramble out here in the universe. But really, I'm not going to ramble. It's pretty organized over here. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so my name is Audrey. Um, I am currently finishing up my degree. It has taken me so long. I've gone through so many ups and downs and like just life learning. Um, and I'm grateful to finally be at this point. Um, even though we are in the middle of a pandemic, but what's a pandemic to your happiness, I guess. Um, So (laughs) I'm currently finishing up my degree. Um, I'll be graduating um, with my degree in classical studies. Um, And so I chose that as like my focus. I just wanted to really focus on Latin. And then it turns out that I really hated, I didn't hate Latin. I really just hated the book that we had because I loved Latin in high school. Um, It was really easy to me. And then like, college teaching for that specific language was just not my cup of tea. So um, I ended up just focusing on the cultural um, and some of the linguistic side of things. Um, And so I kind of just got lost somewhere along the line. My mind just kind of exploded. Sorry, I was drinking some tea. Um, But somewhere along the line, my mind just kind of exploded. And it's not somewhere along the line. I know exactly where, but um, it just kind of exploded with all of this information. um, As in, like, I always knew the ancient world existed. um, And I always assumed that I was a part of this timeline, um, you know, from, like, antiquity and beyond um, until now and further on, you know, like it's just all one linear projection. I've always kind of understood that. Um, But what started to blow my mind was just the worlds of like (laughs) religion and history just kind of merged for me. Like my mind just couldn't handle that I was, it, it. it's not that I couldn't handle, I just, my mind shot off in so many different directions that like, I couldn't focus enough <laughs> on the, on the, the assignments that I would um, 
get. And like, I would have my own little research projects, just trying to have like basic level understanding of things pretty much. Um, You don't realize how much those who teach you things, you don't realize how much they skip over when they're teaching you um, until you come to a position of learning for real, like honestly, truthfully. And it's like, wow, the things you think you know. Um, so for me, it was really in, on the religious side of things. Um, I um, grew up in church and I don't know, I kind of like f- became disillusioned by church. I kind of just like fell away from church. Um, just be- like things just didn't click, you know, like I had some, I didn't know what it was like, and it's not like anything wrong or bad or terrible or scandalous happened. Um, I just couldn't spiritually click with it. Like I remember I quit my church choir one day, like right before I was supposed to give a solo, (laughs) I quit because I was like, I just, what am I even singing about? Like, what does any of this mean? And then I got scolded, like from the pulpit. <laughs> um, they didn't. The pastor didn't say my name or anything, but he's like, "Oh, if you just, you know, he gives a sermon on about quitting on your gifts, like your God-given talents." And I'm like, "Okay, so like, you want to scold me from the pulpit because I." don't understand what it is that I'm singing about. Like, how awkward is it that I'm singing these songs? And I guess because it sounds so melodic and harmonious coming out of my mouth, people are feeling emotionally inclined and moved to cry. And like, I don't know, like, okay, that's cool. But how am I making you feel so moved? And I don't even know what the heck it is that I'm singing about. And um, yeah, so I just as I got older, I just kind of fell away from church. Like, I guess I'm not going to get any answers there. Um, And then I just kind of dug into the ancient world, like with my studies in school. And um, once I started that, it was like little things, like small towns, like Nineveh, (laughs) which is a pretty, like, it's not a small town. I mean, I I don't know how big it is, but um, the name at least appears in the Bible a few times, but I had separated myself so far from church that, like, I just, it's like these things were a distant memory to me, I guess. Um, And so I'm doing, like, my studies, and I'm like, this name sounds familiar, and that town sounds familiar or, and then uh, like my world, the world's just merged for me as I'm like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember this from the Bible. Uh, I remember that, like the world just merged. Um, And then I started to become, what's the word? Not as passionate about my schoolwork (laughs) because I was not as content with my learning, I think. Um, I wanted to dive more into the religious side of things, um, especially that my, 
the concentration was just like ancient Rome um, or ancient Greece, if that was your sides of things. We kind of dipped into like ancient Mediterranean things as far as like Persians and um, like the mixing of the cultures and Alexander the Great. And, you know, like all of these things occurred under in biblical times or like and <laughs> for me, I was like, wow, like we don't even discuss these things in class. Um and that is like these, all of these kinds of things were flourishing at the same time. Um, and so I just be, kind of became less content with my schooling. Um, and then like over that course of time, other things were going on. Um, I wasn't completely focused on life itself, um, if I'm going to be honest there. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah. And then I've just kind of been on this path of like learning and relearning and trying to stretch my mind in different ways. Um, like I guess I'm going to say for like almost the last two years, but definitely strongly for the last year, like hardcore. Um, and that's definitely something that requires like a separation, um, from everything and everyone else around you and shout out to Corona because she really came through for you, girl. Like <laughs> she made it so easy for me to separate myself from things. Um, and so I just kind of have been able to dig deeper um, into the kind of learning that I want to do. Um, and so for me, I, along the way, I realized that I think that I already know so much. And so just as much as I am pissed off with everyone else for skipping over the building blocks, I have assumed for so long that I already understood the basics of my questions um, that I was skipping over them as well. And so for me, I had to go to where my curiosities really lied or laid. I don't know. <laughs> um, and that was just always in like, what is the truth? <laughs> like there are so many religions in the world, so many mythologies and different belief systems. And what is the truth? How am I to say that I'm right and you're wrong? Or do I even have any right to say that? Or is is that even relevant? Like, is it even necessary? Um, and so I just kind of easily attach to the belief that there are no different um, religions. Um, there's no difference between people. Like everything's just kind of one, like all into this new ageism. And it's really easy to accept um once you decide to just dump your brain and just start at ground, like ground level. Um, but I think that it still requires more work. Um, it's as easy, but it is as hard as doing the work as well. Um, and so for me, it's just been, I need to dive deeper into religions and different um, philosophies and different theologies and different uh, mythologies and all of those things, all of theologies. Um, and so I have never fully given 
any of my supposed belief belief systems the time of day um, to check if I actually believed in these things. So for me, it was literally like, you have to start all over. You don't know anything. Um, And that's kind of humbling. And it's also frustrating at the same time because you just assume you know so much. So anyway, anyway, I'm rambling, right? So I started to read the Bible and I have never outside of church or like a religious organization, I've never read the Bible. Um, And this is like, I started, honestly, truly, I started two years ago. (laughs) And um, it took me forever because two years ago, I still wasn't fully in this committed kind of phase. Um, it took me forever to get into it. And so then last year, I moved out of my old apartment, which I hated, um, and I wasn't in a good space. And like when I moved into this apartment, I just kind of felt different. Like I was breathing different. <laughs> I can commit myself to the things that I want to learn. Um, and this is also like I had been out of school for a year, so my mind's not so wrapped around like scholarly conversations or whatever. Um, like I'm just like, I can fully just dive into me and my interests and what is boggling my mind. And what was really boggling my mind is getting to the bottom of the bottom. <laughs> and so I had to, I started to read the Old Testament. Took me a year to read Genesis and Genesis through Genesis, Leviticus. What's next? Exodus. Um, I think, yeah, it took me a year to get through Genesis and Leviticus and then like partly through Exodus, right? Um, And then I move here (laughs) and just start zooming like through the Old Testament. Um, And so, yeah, I have finally finished the Old Testament. I got kind of lackadaisical along the way at some points, you know, like you read through a 50 chapter book, you want to kind of rest your brain, but no, it's just turned to the next 48 chapter book. Like, let's get it going, guys. So I just kind of got lackadaisical along the way at some points. Um, And that was okay. I feel like I took the amount of time that I needed, especially because I ended up taking an Old Testament class this semester. And so at some points I was like right on time with where my class was. And so that allowed my mind to just shoot off in so many different directions, but at the same time. Um, So it didn't boggle me too much, you know? Um, So yeah, anyway, get through the Old Testament, just literally finished it on the 30th of November. So a couple days ago. Um, and now I'm on to the new Testament and I'm just feeling like I can zoom through it. Like if I just finish that in the new Testament, like I'm just looking at my Bible and I'm like, I just flipped through all of that. There's like a quarter of the book left. Like, you know, when you get to an end to the end of a book and you're like, (laughs) you're like, I can finish this. I'm almost at the end. Yes, let's go. That's how I am. So I have put myself on a 30-day reading plan of the New Testament. Um, And knowing me, (laughs) I need something more than just, I know I'm going to wake up and do it eventually. 
Um, so here's my venture. I will do 30 days of me reading through the New Testament. Um, every day I will come with my thoughts, my questions. Um, sometimes it might seem as if it's a summary. It's not. Sometimes it might be pretty short. Sometimes I might just have a thousand questions and I may seem like super confused and um, like, how do you not know these things? Um, it's okay. I don't know. Um, and that's why I'm doing this. I just felt there wasn't enough of this for me, um, having already grown up in the church and then having gone to school and then trying to learn about religion from a scholarly point of view. Um, I never gave myself enough of this. Um, so for these 30 days, I will be just going through my readings of the New Testament um, and probably challenging some of my beliefs, any of your beliefs, if you're out there listening. Um, but I, in the end, I hope I come out with a more rounded belief system, um, something to be convicted in um, instead of just following following along. And this is going past more than just religion. Um, this is just what I'm committing myself to um, for this. But <laughs> every everything, um, as far as like the way we go about living our lives and how we connect with one another and what we all assume we know about history and people and time and space and every like what we assume we know about literally everything um we are i don't think there's enough time or enough time committed um on a like large scale level of people just asking like the real deal questions i guess um and this is i guess what all the philosophers used to do back in the day like and that's why they have those long ass books with nothing but questions and then answers to the questions, but then more questions on those answers. Um, so this is just my modern day version, I guess. <laughs> so anyways, I tried to record <laughs> my first day, which was yesterday on December 1st. I tried to record that yesterday. Um, and then that was not a great time. So today I'm going to try again <laughs> um, with day one. Um, yeah, so let's get it going. So for my reading plan, I'm reading on average, on average, six books a day or six chapters a day. But honestly, it, it could range. So day one, which was yesterday, I had to read um, chapters one through nine of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament. Um which is, I don't know. I'm going to go through and reread this another way, like the entire Bible, another way, like just in chronological order for it to make more sense to me in another way. Um, so this is going to be a fun ride. But anyway, day one, I read Matthew 1 through 9. And so that is just pretty much going through the um, birth of Jesus and then like some of the miracles he's performed um, along his way of like recruiting his disciples and spreading the good news. Um, and so right off the bat, it makes absolutely no sense because they start with this genealogy, right? And it's like very clear that this was written in a patriarchal 
I don't know, patriarchal society um, and directed more so toward like male legitimacy. Um, and so, which makes no sense. Okay. Anyway. So if you know the story of Jesus, he's born to Virgin Mary through immaculate conception, right? Um, so Jesus's earthly father, Joseph, in no way, shape or form, according to the story, mingled with her <laughs> in that way. Um, and so, um, this genealogy is a genealogy that's tra tracing, um, how Jesus is linked through from the line of David on through Abraham, honestly. So from the beginnings of this religion, right? Um, and so it makes no sense because who cares if Joseph is an ancestor of Abraham or an ancestor of Isaac, Jacob, or David, or whoever, like, okay, if Jesus is the coming Messiah who has come and like finally Israel's king, um, eternal king is going to reign. Um, the who like Mary did not intermingle. So that means Jesus is not biologically linked to the line of David. Right. Um, so that's how that goes according to this genealogy, which made no sense to me. So maybe I have to do a little more looking. Um, but also it kind of upset me all throughout this narrative of um, like the birth um, of Jesus, how this angel, this messenger of the Lord comes only to Joseph, like to ease his fears or his anxieties or like to warn him as if Mary is not pregnant and she didn't even do like how do you know how pissed I would be? If I just wound up pregnant, <laughs> what? Like, and then, so I'm just confused, pissed, and then probably confused three more times. And you're only coming to warn this guy? Like, who are you, Joseph? What the heck? If I were, I probably would have left Joseph just because of that. Like, shout out to Mary. I'm a little petty, right? Anywho, so that upset me. Um, some things that interested me in the beginning was like, um, there were three sets of 14 generations um, between Abraham and Jesus. So 14 generations from Abraham and um, who, David? No, somebody. And then 14 generations from them to David and then 14 from David to Jesus. I don't know. I'm kind of paraphrasing. <laughs> Um, I'm not really looking at my Bible more so at my notes, um, but the 14, the three sets of 14, that's about 42, right? Um, and one thing that I noticed in this narrative is that there, there's a, there's an underlying kind of message linking Jesus to the foundings of this tradition, um, the prom promises of, or the fulfillment of these promises um, like the legitimacy of him, right? So um, this kind of reminded me of like, like Jesus gets compared to Moses kind of a lot in contextually. Um, and some other um, figures as well, like Noah, um, I, I kind of got that out of there as well. Uh, but anyway, so I just thought that the 42 kind of, it just reminded me of like this exodus um, narrative 
um, because the Israelites have spent like 40 years in the wilderness and 42 is about 40 years um, or 40 generations. Um, So yeah, Um, but I thought that was interesting um, as far as like trying to link it back to um, the Exodus narrative, especially like when they're coming out of Egypt um, again, like it's God, he's, God is coming through for his people, bringing them out of this exilement again. Um, and so I just think those things are interesting to me. Also the numerology of it all, but I have not given myself any amount of time to commit to biblical numerology and like it's on my checklist, but like I'm also trying to learn Arabic and Hebrew and finish up this semester. So I'm not trying to do too many things at once, um, but also everything at once. So cool. Anywho, um, we go on through it. Um, To me, like, you know, like the story of Herod, he is cool with the religious leaders at the very beginning of Jesus's birth. So there's already this foreboding tone or this forewarning um, that these religious leaders, um, the heads of this religion are going to give up this supposed king, this coming Messiah who has been born, right? Um, So I picked up on that, Um, but... So what really tricked something in me was um, King Herod, he was an Idumean, um, and the Idumeans, they were the descendants of the Edomites, who were descendants of Abraham through his son, Ishmael, um, who is like outside of the promise. Um, And that is just like, weird because these people were cousins or at least like distant relatives um and even all of this time like these people are still at odds with one another and they don't even know it um so (laughs) because they just feel like they're so culturally linguistically religiously different from one another or whatever like we still do the same thing today um it's kind of weird. We don't change it all. It's not even weird. It's just like, why do we do that? So pay attention, folks. But anyway, so they're like distant relatives um, still at odds with one another. Yeah, I said that already. So it just it triggered my mind a little bit. Anyways, guys, thanks. <laughs> um, I don't like the like overarching I guess, what is it, motive um, to kind of link people to Old Testament characters. Um, And I kind of got that out of John the Baptist um, with the way they described him as having having worn a like hairy cloak um, and um, what else about him? He wore a hairy cloak and like a belt. Um, And that was like almost like word for word how they described Elijah in Second Kings. Um, and so that could be something that's like, this is saying something about their um, social, cultural, or and or religious class. Um, the aesthetics, maybe? I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Anyway that could say something about their profession or their class or whatever. But 
sometimes it just kind of seems like it's intentional, like incredibly intentional. Like for these, for the people who were reading this at the time, these are things that are like very clear in their heads and their minds. Um, it's very relevant, you know? Um, so I didn't, I don't really like that. Um, yeah, just like, okay, so if we're just going to run down these little Old Testament flashbacks, so when the dove um, lands on Jesus after he gets baptized by John the Baptist, um, that's kind of reminiscent of the um, flood narrative. And um, like, you know, the dove looking or landing on dry land, and that's a um, sign of safety and peace and love and forgiveness and all of that. Um, then you have like when Jesus goes into the wilderness, um, and that just reminds me of like every the entire book of Job, um, and so like with Jesus um, being tempted by Satan, and um, and that's pretty much what happened with Job, except for Job was being accused, um, and Jesus is being directly tempted. Um, so those are some things that kind of I noticed about like kind of linking. Um, Jesus early on um, with some Old Testament narratives. Um, it's okay, <laughs> I guess, for the point of telling a story. But um, then that also goes into like furthering my understanding of things as well. So mm, it's okay. Um, but in this um, scene where Jesus is being tempted by Satan, um, like, so in chapter four, verse seven, really, like I had a question and I still have a question and it just doesn't make sense. The further you go along reading, like that question is just still lingering. So the question was chapter four, verse seven says, um, Jesus responded. The scripture also says, you must not tempt the Lord, your God. And that like automatically like why the heck would that have any relevancy to satan if he's not under god's dominion um or if he like has free reign somewhere else um or is like god the god over satan and satan just has a certain realm of power right um so that goes into like some cosmological um theological kind of questions that i have like as far as what really um, is this heavenly domain like um, so for me having read through the Old Testament I have no belief in hell um, at least not a um, like when I die I go to hell I don't have that belief having read through the Old Testament um, like and that has always been my belief my entire life um, having read through the Old Testament I think there is like this kind of What's it called in Catholicism? What where do they think people go? You know, like the inner inner intermediary area, like the waiting area. Um anyway, I think there's like this middle ground area um in which a great majority of um society is going to be waiting for the final um, day of atonement or judgment. Um, and then like when the, when the war is finally won, um, 
then like there will definitely be a dominion of like heaven um or not even like heaven it'll just be like this is clearly god's realm like there's not this there will there will be a separation again of um light and dark right um and so that's kind of what i got out of the old testament but now like i have these questions like is satan under god's domain i have these questions in the old testament as well like when satan came to god to go accuse job of not having faith like why if why does he have to ask god if he can do this why does the scripture have any relevancy to satan you know like um so but maybe those are like apostasies <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like trying to fully form my belief systems here. And that's really it. Um, so yeah, so that was a question I had in chapter four. Um, I also didn't understand why Simon or Simon Peter and his, or Andrew, and then like James and John, why they so easily got up and followed Jesus. Like who was he at this point? Because I don't think he had yet started his ministry. Um, Beatitudes. Yeah, he hadn't yet started his ministry, and they just so easily left. Like, James and John left their dad. Like, what? I don't... So, there are things missing, at least from at this point in the narrative, that don't make sense. Um, and it makes me kind of upset that I just easily accepted these things. Um, as a kid. Um, but then I can't really be upset that this is the way that, or that was the way that I was taught to learn, um, you know? So yeah. Um, also, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just reading through my notes. Um, in chapter five, verses 17 through 19, I did think it was interesting um, that I have fully come to this belief, um, at least at this point in my adulthood, that the Old Testament had no relevancy to Christianity um, once Jesus died on the cross for our sins, because that's kind of what gets taught. Um, and <laughs> that's the furthest thing from the truth, if we believe that Jesus is the coming Messiah, because he so clearly says that he did not come to um, absolve the Old Testament um, and like the commandments given there. Um, and then like, if you even go on further, like on down through verse 29, he's very clearly saying that he's here to expound, like go even deeper and further um, on these laws of the Old Testament. Um, and so some things don't really make sense and some things I really liked, um, like in verse 20, I liked that he very outrightly says that you should be more righteous than your leaders, like those who you put in positions over you. Right. Um, and that I, I think was pretty relevant, um, because anytime prior to now, when people would ask me, well, why are pastors of churches um, having affairs or why is all of this scandal coming out with these big churches and da da da? Like, because that is their way of crapping on my religion, like, or 
making it okay for their unbelief, I guess, um, which I'm not really trying to make anybody believe anything or convince anyone of anything. I just have my belief systems, right? So people would always ask me these things and I would have absolutely no response. Um, And um, it makes sense that like having gone to church and being brought up in traditional churches that um, it's kind of glazed over by like the head of the flock, right? Because why would he, why would they want you to outrightly know um, how you're supposed to position yourself in comparison to them? Um, and so like if we're always looking to them for righteous answers and um, examples, we're always going to fail and fall short because at the end of the day, they still are human. Um, and so I will hold them accountable for their behavior. However, in order for me to hold them accountable, I too, I have to be more righteous so that they can't point the fingers back at me. Like you can't hold someone accountable if you're also in the wrong, right? So that's kind of what I got out of that. Um, so if you can't hold your church pastors accountable for their behavior, you might want to check your congregation. Um, (laughs) um, I, a question I had was like within this little, like, well, at least going a little further, um, verse 32 in chapter five, um, Jesus is talking about divorce and, um, the morality of it all. Um, and he says, but I say, um, that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Um, and that's cool and all. But what if you marry a divorced husband? What Am I, as a virgin wife, committing adultery for marrying my seventh time divorced womanizer? Like... So that's a question that I had because that makes no sense. Um, there's other times in my, um, previous readings that I've had questions in concern to adultery, sexuality, morality, and concerns to how it's gendered in the Bible. Um, it doesn't make sense. Um, I also liked that in, on, in verse 37, um, Jesus is, um, talking about like making promises and giving vows to people and things like that. Um, and he says, just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. And first of all, who's the evil one? Um, secondly, (laughs) um, I just liked it because people kind of, um, make you People kind of put you out to be a certain kind of person because you're a straightforward, straight shooter person, right? Um, And that's very much so within the will of God to just be straightforward. So I'm not going to lead you on with a maybe. No, you can't convince me to go here. The answer is no. I don't have to explain anything to you because I said no. Or if I said, yes, I want to hang out with this person, the answer was yes. And there's no further explanation to that. Like, it's just what else do I have to say? Like, I'm not even going to promise that I can come see you on December 25th. Cause first of all, that's a lie. I don't know if I can promise that. Um, especially right now, right? Like you see, right. 
that time is very valuable and you can't really predict what's going to happen the next day. So um, I, I understood immensely. <laughs> Verse 37, appreciated it. Um, but also, who's the evil one? Like, <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back to questions. Um, so, yes. Um, going on further, he's talking about like fasting and um, acts, committing acts of service and um, kind of just repeating what's already been said by the prophets that um, God just wants genuine acts of obedience versus like public acts of service. Um, and so when it came to the topic of fasting, I really appreciated it because I fasted one time for three days and I was a pitiful little mess. Um, and that's just because I've always had people tell me that fasting is what you should do, but I've never had anyone teach me how to fast. And so all of my complaints is like, here's my answers here. Jesus so plainly says that you are supposed to keep your appearances up while you're fasting. You are not supposed to act like a little pitiful mess to make people feel sorry for you and your like righteous moral cause or whatever. Like, get over yourself. Are you fasting because you are trying to like deepen your relationship with me or are you fasting because you want people to notice that you are doing this act? Okay, so I liked it. Um, <laughs> um, what else? And so we get to chapter eight, um, Jesus starts performing miracles. There's a guy who sees him, right? And in chapter eight, verse two, he says something like, if you are willing, um, can you heal me? And Jesus looks at him and he says, I'm willing. <laughs> and so he was healed. And I appreciated that because I have always been taught to pray from like a pitiful, a pitiful position. Um, and this man so clearly just asked, and at the same time, he understood that he was not deserving of this help either, just because he was in the presence of a healer um, or the presence of the Messiah or whoever he believed him to be, just because he was in the presence of this man did not mean that he was deserving um, to receive um, anything. And so when he asked if you were willing, that just really kind of humbled me and, um, has me kind of excited to pray in a new way <laughs> um, versus like always coming from a pitiful, like begging almost position, I guess, um, just because that's how I've always been taught to pray, like from a position of desperation. And there are times, there are times when that's necessary, but also just be open and honest and real and true. And like, that's, like authenticity is what I'm getting out of this more than anything. Um, and then I uh, had a question about verse 18 in chapter eight, um, when Jesus gets in the boat to separate himself from the crowd of people, he, um, I had a question as like, was this separation of him and his disciples representative of um, like God separating his chosen people, right? From the rest of 
humanity um, along with their eternal king or their anointed king, I'm sorry. Um, So I had a question about that. Um, I was probably maybe overthinking a little bit, but it's okay. Those are necessary. There are necessary times for that as well. I did feel bad for the lady in (laughs) verse 22 because she was bleeding for 12 years. And I'm assuming it to mean like menstrual blood. Like she was on her menstrual cycle. I don't, I don't like to say menstruation. Like I'm not a doctor anyway, but she was (laughs) menstruating. That's what I took it to mean. And so for 12 years, like I feel bad for her, like, but she was so desperate and I probably would have been too. Like, I don't even let me go past three days, honestly. And I'm like, what's going on? So 12 years, <laughs> you're insane. Um, let it come like two weeks early because who knows what's going on with the moon and the high tide. Like, let it just do its own thing and come whenever it wants to come. I'm like, what's going on? And she's just maybe constantly or like on and off for 12 years, just bleeding. Like, are you insane? I would be desperate too. So I felt incredibly bad for her. Um, And then on top of that, because of this bleeding, she would have been ritualistically unclean. Um, So she was um, clearly an outsider of society. And so this was all symbolically wrapped up in her touching the fringes of his robe and her being healed of her ailment. But she touches the fringes of his robe because she lives on the fringes of society. Um, And so like, even this is like a very clear statement of who Jesus has come to save, right? Like those who have been pushed out to the margins because of this, that, or the third. Um, So I understood that verse, finally. These parables aren't so hard, or not parables, but like these stories and then parables further on. Um, They're not so hard to understand when I'm coming from a place of like questioning and learning and like researching instead of someone just telling you this is how it went. Um, So I like this process. Um, Then like in chapter eight, if you go further down, verse 33, um, there's like this segment where Jesus casts out demons from these two possessed men into like a herd of pigs and then they go drown, which why was any of that necessary? Like some of that, I'm assuming it has to be like something in the symbols, like something with the animals. (laughs) I don't know, but why did the pigs have to die? Like, what was it about the pigs that was so deserving of being possessed? Especially because like in antiquity, well, maybe not around this time, but Dogs were definitely, like, the low, like, the scum, like, so when, what was wrong? What was so wrong with the pigs? <laughs> um, Maybe that is something, maybe I shouldn't eat bacon. <laughs> I don't know. So I have to look into that. But also, verse 33, it's like the town sees all of this occur and they come out and ask him to leave because they're so afraid of him. And so my next question was, was the entire town then possessed? Because why would they all be afraid of this power? Like, if like were they possessed or were they afraid of the pigs? Or did they assume that Jesus brought the demons? Like, why did they? Ask, why were they afraid and ask him to leave? What was? I'm assuming the whole town was possessed. 
Um, okay, and then when we get to chapter nine, um, Jesus gave himself the title Son of Man. And it's not the first time that he said it, but chapter nine, verse six is like the first time that I noticed it. Um, and so like he gives himself this title, Son of Man, and I my ears kind of started burning or tingling because I remember reading Elijah having already come from this assuming assumed position of having already learned these things. And when I read Elijah, I didn't understand how God would call Elijah son of man or the angels would call him son of man, like with the proper, uh, proper pronoun son of man. Um, and I didn't understand it because I, I had already assumed that Jesus was the son of man who God had already, um, what's the word, recognized as this son of man, son of God, right? Um, and Jesus gives himself this title. I do not remember seeing this coming coming from a divine source outside of Jesus himself. Um, and that's like, I don't know, like I'm having some cognitive issues with that. Um, <laughs> but I'll have to like, you know, go further in my reading. I'm like, so I'll, I'll see. This is all part of the learning process. Um, and then in verse eight, the people are like excited and they're giving God praise for having given humans the ability to heal after like they're doing all of this after having witnessed Jesus um, heal another sickly individual and um, I like why are they praising God for giving humans this ability like either they misunderstood the son of man reference or um, they assumed that they were equally yoked with Jesus and that they also had these abilities when, at least from what I am, again, assuming that I know, um, it's the Christian ideology that these are only gifts that you only have these gifts um, through like divine will and not, and if they come from elsewhere, it's not divinely sent, right? Um, so I was confused. Like, did they think they could just walk around town healing everyone then? Um, but maybe it's the power of prayer, right? Um, and then verse 13 is just, you know, hitting on some more of like the old Testament things, but it also stand, it's just keeps standing out to me. Um, they can keep hitting that nail on the head and I'm going to keep like being the nail to get hit. Like stop trying to do these acts of service. Where is your genuine sacrifice, your genuine feelings, your genuine worship, your genuine love, your genuine expressions, you know, like, where is that? Um, and so those things really stick with me. Um, and then, yeah, like verses 14 through 17, again, like he's talking about fasting, but also kind of referencing like the New and Old Testament 
Um, and he's saying that like the New Testament did not come to replace the Old Testament. You can't stuff in a new belief system in something that is old, right? You have to put it, package it in something new um, as far as wine um, in this example. Um, but he was just saying like, I did, I'm not wiping that away. Like it, it served its purpose. It did its thing. But now this also serves uh, I'm here to serve another purpose. Like I'm ushering so in something new. Um, and so like that, uh, I don't know, even just this commentary <laughs> probably is like worth being discussed for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, just because of how much disparaging or desperate, disparate beliefs there are in under just one supposed belief system, right? So I just think we all got to get to the truth. Um, oh, yep. So that's all I did for day one. <laughs> it was a great day. Um, I feel like it was a long read. Um, so that just like humbled me real fast, like sat me down, like, dang. Are you really going to commit to doing all of these books or chapters in a day? Yes. And that is why I'm doing this. So if you made it through all of this, shout out to you. <laughs> if any of this was interesting, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I don't know how you can, though. I don't really have social media at this point. So maybe I have to, like, make some sort of social media, but I'm just like, honestly, just talking to talk. I have to get these thoughts out. Nobody else really fully is invested in these kind of conversations, at least not how I want to have them. Um, like, or, you know, to at least go through the learning process with me. Um, so this is kind of the only way I can do it. Um, and it's an, and it's also a way to hold myself accountable for, my reading. So hopefully this will be a great 30 days. If you make it all the way through the 30 days, first of all, if you've made it all the way through this episode, thank you. If you make it all the way through the 30 days with me though, I hope we can all just like communicate and like share our questions and like form some kind of community, you know? So I hope you have a good rest of your day. Catch you next time.